officially. So hi everyone, welcome to Miami Lit Podcast. My name is Jenny and I have a very special guest today. Welcome Martha, Martha Bueno. Thank you, Jenny, for having me. I really appreciate this. No, it's such a pleasure to have you. I mean, I've heard so much about you from uh, uh, friends in common that we have and just from everything going on. (laughs) And to meet you in person, you're so lovely. Thank you. And I'm so happy that you're here to answer a billion questions. (laughs) Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. So. Uh, you are running for commissioner in District 10 yes. for Miami, the city of Miami. The county. The county. Sorry. The county. Thank you. So There's it's a the difference. Enti- there is a difference. Yes. The city of Miami is a small part of the county. Right. Um, city of Miami is like downtown, Calle Ocho, that type of stuff. Uh, Coral Gables is in there. Uh, I, countywide would be the entire thing. All 36, mun- 32 municipalities right. within um, but I'm running specifically in District 10, which is Fontainebleau, Westchester, and West Kendall. Right. And That's I've lived a- in all of those areas over the last 43 years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so you know them like the back of your hands. I've never lived. Well, except for a brief time when I was a child in Venezuela, I've never lived anywhere else mm-hmm. than District 10. I mean, it's it's the perfect job for me. It's home. <laughs> it is. It's home. It and is. And it's it, the way I see it, it seems like... Um, it seems like it's getting harder for people to live here. And I have four kids and it drives me crazy that my own kids are like, I don't know where I'm going to live here. It's overpriced. Things don't quite work. You need a car. Like those are the things that inspired me to run just because yeah. I live here. Right. Because <laughs> I'm tired of seeing what's happening. Well, that was going to be one of my first questions. What what was that process like mentally from going, OK, this, I'm not happy with this to I'm going to do something about it now. It was a slow progression. Like it wasn't that I woke up one day and I was like, oh, I'm going to run for commissioner. Um, So years ago, I started getting more involved in politics because I got divorced from the father of my children. All of a sudden, um, you know, we did the 50-50 custody. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden I had time on my hands. I went from being a full-time mom all the time. You know, I'm sure parents can relate to all of a sudden having half of my week with nothing to do. You know, and I was like, oh, well, I really like this politics thing. I'm going to join the Libertarian Party. And I did. And I became the vice chair almost immediately. Um, I did that for four years. And in that time, we were telling people, you know, in order to to get into politics and make a change, start in the lowest levels. Right. Mm -hmm. So start for those local seats, uh, school board, the things that you can really make changes. So I ran for community council and won my seat. I've been there for four years as the vice chair uh, for a year. And now for the last almost two years, I've been the chair. Um, and that's like a volunteer position. They don't pay us. We deal with zoning and stuff. I'm also an advocate. So I would go in front of the commissioners to like, you know, t- like talk about these issues. And you have two minutes to get your point across. And they really don't care. <laughs> I mean, they're. I, I wish I could sugarcoat and be like, well, yeah. you know, they'd listen to me. And they, they don't care. You see them on their phones. You see them not paying attention. They've gotten money from a lot of people, so they're not going to listen to the community necessarily. I mean, maybe some do, but it was my experience that I would present them with facts in the two minutes that they they give you. They allow you to speak um, and and it just nothing changed. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to run um, because it it's you have to go to these meetings to understand what's really happening in Miami. Right. And the reality is, is that special interests have bought and paid for most, if not all of the people that are supposed to represent us. Yeah. And I can't live with that. What I love about you and your approach is I, and I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think the us, the rest of us would have been like, oh, this is awful. I don't want to know about it. I don't want to see it. Somebody fix it. And I'm just going to continue to live my life. And you were like, no. I'm going to do something about it. (laughs) Well, you know, it's kind of my nature. It's like the entrepreneurial side of me. There's a problem. There's a solution that I can see that it's there. And I want to give it a shot. I mean, we've had a Republican commissioner for 30 years in the seat. Javier Soto has been sitting in this seat for 30 years. It's a long time. Yes. For any (laughs) position. I mean, I'm not speaking on him because, you know, I don't know him very well. I've known him as my commissioner for the last 30 years Um, since I was not even in high school. (laughs) He's been there for a while. Um, You know, so I, I he's 
the community, a lot of people really like him and, and rightfully so. He's done a lot of good things, but recently he he's done some things that people aren't happy with. And then there's a lot of people that I talk to and they're like, yeah, he's fine. But like Fontainebleau, that whole area is just nobody's paying attention to it. He's great in Westchester. Right. He lives in Westchester. That's his area. Um, but everybody else feels neglected and, and not taken care of. And so, you know, besides the corruption problems, besides that, it's like, what's the worst that can happen, right? After 30 years, really, what's the worst? I right. can't do any worse than what we already have. Yeah. And I can probably do better. So I wanted to at least give it a go. Um, <laughs> I can't. I can't wait. I'm so excited for you. This is going to be awesome because you're just, you know, the area so well. You're so passionate. You're so personally linked. It's a, it's a match made in heaven. Just That's need people to give me goes. the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I just need people to show up and vote. So why, how did you identify with the Libertarian Party? I knew I wasn't a Republican. Like I was a Republican. I, I was registered Republican. On paper. On paper, right? My yeah. parents were Republicans. It's the super anti-communist, mm -hmm. you know. I can relate. Right. <laughs> and so... Um, a lot of people don't realize that I'm older than they think, you know, so that's I, amazing, by the way, give us, you need to give us your secret towards the end of the episode. Um, I don't think there is a secret. I'll be honest. I, I think it's just the Cuban genes. I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> Sunblock. That's that's the secret. Sunblock every day. Um, so I, I was I had a kid at 21 and I had recently voted for George W. Bush in the 2000 election. And then we had 9-11 happen and then we went to war. So all of the people that that were on the plane, you know, the the hijackers, the, the people who caused 9-11 were Saudis. Yeah. But we went to war with Afghanistan. And I was yeah. like, hmm. Lots of questions. Yeah. What's How happening? does this work? How does this work? How do we get attacked by Saudi Arabia, but we're going to war with Afghanistan? And then we tied it into Iraq. And then we like, you know, and the amount of stuff coming out now 20 plus years later on how it was, we knew we weren't going to win. We knew that we didn't need to go to Afghanistan. It was more of a um, political move. It was more of like securing resources. So back then I was just like, this isn't for me. And I would listen to a lot of Republicans like, yeah, we need to drop bombs on them. And I'm like, how does that fix problems? Yeah. So I started looking and my uncle one day came over and he's like, you sound like a libertarian. And I thought he was insulting me. <laughs> Like a liver, what? <laughs> You're calling me a what? And so um, I looked it up, and I, the more I read, I was like, "This is this yeah. is who I am." Like I totally believe in the golden rule: don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. We're in our forefathers, mostly libertarian. Well, it wasn't libertarian, right? and that's you know, like right. It didn't have the name. It didn't have the name, but the they were liberal. It was a appeals. classic liberal. Yes. Yeah. Of course, you know, our, we can go down that rabbit hole. Some of our forefathers had slaves and, you know, like, right, granted all of that. Everything within context, right? right? I mean, you need to realize the time period. Right. Everyone had slaves. Right. Unfortunately. You know, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. So there's that, you know, I always like to kind of, they were to a degree, right. you know, I don't think they, they're the this example of like the perfect libertarian, you know. No. They no. definitely... Yeah. Did some shady stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but in terms of like, what is a libertarian? They believe, and I'm not part of the libertarian party. I'm just a small L libertarian. I used to be, I'm no longer. <laughs> um, because ultimately I think all parties, you know, that's their goal is mm -hmm. to be a party is to get people elected to offices, which is great. Um, it, you know, just, we had a little bit of differences, mm -hmm. but I, as far as a libertarian goes, I believe in the smallest government possible. Yeah. I think people deserve to keep the money that they make. Um, you know, that that we shouldn't be at wars unless we absolutely have to to defend our country. There's no reason for us to be in Ukraine right now. Um, and a lot of people make the argument, well, we have to to say, well, there's plenty of countries that need our help and we're not going there. Mm -hmm. I can point to Cuba and we're not going there. Yeah. So you know, why? Why are we spending $50 billion in Ukraine? Why are we doing half of the things we do? I just, I, I can't see it. I, I, I want government out of our lives, mm -hmm. out of our bedrooms, out of our pocketbooks. I want them out. Yeah. You mentioned the the ideologies behind parties and how it, it becomes this 
weird psychological attachment that is demanded from from party members right where you you can't question your party's choices ideas what they're asking you to do and that's crazy that's so dangerous it is you know it's like a sports team exactly you fall in love with your team you know i'm team red i'm team blue yeah and, and no then, matter what. Right. And I it's will like always that one person, because you can like people, like even yeah. within your own family, you yeah. can like somebody, but then they have these crazy ideas. And you're like, mm, you know, Uncle Joe comes over and then he starts talking about that thing. Yeah. He goes down the, you know, he's, mm, como que no. Right. Um, so we can do that in our own families, but when it's a politician, it's like, <gasps> You dare question Trump, right. or you dare like, question we're Biden, to or you worship dare, right these these people. I don't get it, and I, I just I think that's such a dangerous path. I agree. You know, um, I don't get it's, it. It's great to to align your beliefs to to this thing that you identify with, but to close that door on questions, right? Yeah, and, and it's you bring up such a good. point. It's so dangerous too, because yeah. like that's how we get to a better understanding that's how we get to better yeah we question things you know like this doesn't make sense to me how do we improve it right but this whole like so and so said this thing so that's it Mm -hmm. we're all going with it okay yeah (laughs) it doesn't go with you know who i am i i guess i must have been a rebel my whole life i never considered myself a rebel but i think in you know in thoughts for sure yes and where it matters I guess. Yeah. (laughs) I never rebelled. I never did the like emo phase. I never did that. But, you know, I would question authority always. Mm -hmm. And I think that drove my mom crazy. (laughs) I'm I'm sure she's glad about it now. (laughs) Now. (laughs) That's what I tell myself as a mom. I'm like, okay, one day this is going to be a great, great quality. I just have to hang in there. Right. I just have to like not be. (laughs) Right. I don't believe in corporal punishment. No. 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 We no. need to we need to be specific. No. <laughs> uh, no, no. I say that jokingly. I don't yeah. beat my kids. <laughs> yes. A little nagadita. When they were babies, right? you know? When they were little and it was like, no, but no, I don't like Oh no. There's yeah. no chancleta. This my house isn't the Cuban household with the chancleta. <laughs> yeah. It's just the Cuban bread and the the cafecito. And the cafecito. And and I think it's hard to rebel in my house with a libertarian parent. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit harder. It's like, you know, mom, I want to try. Just do it responsibly. Yeah. (laughs) You know. So you bring up motherhood. How do you balance everything? I don't. And anybody that says that they balance, it's it's impossible. So I started a company when my son was a newborn. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, you always balance these feelings of being guilty. I'm sure it happens to you. It happens to All every mother. And this whole fallacy that you can, yeah, it, uh, this whole fallacy that you can have everything and everything's going to fall into play. Like, no, yeah, you don't. You know, you you do what you can when you can. And and I, thankfully, my kids are older now. My youngest yeah. is 13. And so, you know, they understand. They all like politics. They don't like politics, but they do. They understand the importance. <laughs> I think so. My little one is like really good about it. And so he's he's oh. the one that's like, no, you have to do it, mom. You have to do it. Don't oh worry about us. Gosh. You have to do it. Yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah. You know, I, someone once told me you can have it all, just not at the same time. That's true. And that's what I hang on to. That is true. You know, because you're like the mom guilt. And I'm sure even dads, too. Of course. It's, Everybody. It's you want to be there every minute of yeah. every day. You want to see the first everything. You want to be there for every, you know, and when they become teenagers and they come home from school and it's like, oh, my God, I had this day. You want to be there. Yeah. Like, so when I can't, oof, you know, and this running thing is intense. So um, just I can't I feel like anytime I take time off to do something for them, it's time that I'm not running. It's time that I'm not getting my name out there. And then when I don't take time to be with them, it's you, I don't think there's a solution. I, you know, right. like you said, I, everything comes in different times and you take what you can. How do you practice being present? Like when you're doing stuff for running, how do you stay in the moment and not be like, oh, my God, but my kid is doing X, Y, and T and I should have been there. I'm fantastic at compartmentalizing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's a, that's a, it's a gift. It's a gift. Yeah. I don't have the woman brain that I'm always, um, except for at night when I try and go to sleep and then it's like it all comes back all at once. At like, two in the morning <gasps> when you have to go pee and sorry, yeah. TMI, but you know, yeah. you go back to bed and then you start running. The, I should have done this. I should have said that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I should have, you know, m did the kids come to me with a problem that I may have missed? Right. Yeah. 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 There's something no going on that I'm not aware of. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. like the big one for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Do I know everything I need to know? <laughs> Can someone give me like notes, you know? Parenting ain't easy. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. You know, I wish they came with like a manual. Oh my gosh. That's what my dad used to tell us. Yeah. He used to be like, this thing is hot. You guys, I don't know what I'm doing. You need to be patient. Now I laugh. But I remember that speech so vividly and just be like, what is he talking about? You know, I have a 21-year-old, which blows my mind, by the way. Like the fact that I, I have a remember. child that I, but he turned out okay. So, you know, I'm what? sure he turned out more than okay. <laughs> but you know, when that like mom, don't be it, modest. When that mom, no, he's a wonderful kid. Aww. Wonderful. I like, I'm all of them, you know, I can't pick and choose. They're all, but when I look at the oldest one, right, the one that I'm like, he was my guinea pig. Right. I used to call the him one the guinea at the pig. top of the resume. <laughs> the one that's like, huh, am I doing this right? He turned out okay. So I think, you know, like we, we have this guilty feeling, but then at the end of the day, it works yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> and do the best that we can. Right. Within and our means. Exactly. You mentioned a little bit ago you are Cuban. Um, you were born in Cuba? I was not. You were born in Venezuela? No, I was no? born in Miami. No way. Yeah. My, my dad in the early 70s started a business in Venezuela. Um, so he got here very early 70s to the U.S. Uh, my dad was a political prisoner in Cuba. My mm -hmm. mom broke him out of jail. He swam from some some um, pueblito right next to Guantanamo to there's like a little island in the middle right before Guantanamo where the U.S. soldiers are stationed where there is a U.S. A soldier stationed daily, and my fa father swam to that island was pulled up, and they welcomed to America. I mean, this is back in the 70s. We didn't right. have the issues we have now, um, you know, with immigration and whatnot. And so they put him on the plane from from Cuba to the U.S. and he made it here. And so. You know, long story, trying to make a long story short, my dad won a trip to Venezuela, made it there and was like, wow, this is back when Venezuela was Venezuela before Chavez, um, you know, well before that. Venezuela was at that time the richest country in Latin America. Right. It was, you know, up and coming. Everything was was better than it is now. And my dad decided to start a company there. And, you know, I was born here. And at nine days old, I went to Venezuela. You to, moved. My mom was living in Venezuela. She came to the U.S. because my parents were American citizens and she didn't. My siblings, my oldest brother was born in Cuba. My other two siblings were born in New Jersey. And my mom was like, I'm not going to have a Venezuelan child because right. you never know. What great foresight. Right. My goodness. Right. Incredible. I know. My mom's a smart lady. <laughs> yeah. So she flew here, uh, stayed with my grandparents, had me. And then at nine days old, I flew back to Venezuela and I was back and forth. Until what a tough cookie, your mom. Oh, no, my mom. My mom broke my dad out of jail. My mom That's, was a badass. <laughs> yes. And raised us almost alone because we moved back um, to the U.S. And then my dad stayed in Venezuela. So she raised us four kids almost alone, like a single mom, even right. though she had a husband. Right. And then um, when I was nine, I moved back to Venezuela and then back at 15, right after the um, there was a coup, uh, Hugo Chavez, before he took power mm -hmm. in 98, there was a coup in 95, I want to say, and things were pretty bad in Venezuela. My dad kept telling everyone, like, I've seen this coming. Yeah. Like, this is bad. And everybody's like, no, Cubano, you have no idea. This is this isn't Cuba. We have oil. We have all these yeah. riches. You know, we're not going to go into socialism. That's, you know, and then fast forward. And they did. So my dad had great foresight, too. That's. And now I kind of say that to Americans. I'm like, listen, we're not there yet. Yeah. But I've seen this before. We're and people are like, no. Way. Yeah. I mean, I see the road. I see I it. I see it. It's there. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. H have you ever been to Cuba? I've not. No. My, would you? No. Not now. I mean, no. obviously I would. Yeah. Just not with the current situation. Okay. I talk way too much <laughs> about socialism and, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm sure I'm at least on a few lists. I'm sure you are. Yeah. So, yeah. no, no, not now. One day. I mean, my, my dream, yeah, my dream, the moment, mm -hmm. the moment that regime is out the door, I am there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to be part of rebuilding Cuba. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't That's that be an yeah. experience to... You know what? Uh, my 
I, I watched my grandfather my entire life say, I'm only here until mm -hmm. I can go back home. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the day he died, it's that thing that I have inside that I yeah. wasn't able to give him that. So for him. Yeah. 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 I mean, immigration is tough on any group, but I feel for us Cubans, I mean, we're not here because we wanted to be. Right. You know, and this is the most amazing country in the world. And we're so happy that we had this place to and come I'm so to. So fortunate, yes, you know? that my dad was able to get right. out. That you know he was able to come here. That he was able to give me this opportunity. Like when I criticize America, people are like, "This is the greatest country." You shouldn't be saying that. No, it is. It is the greatest country. And my job is to criticize keep the bad things, right? <laughs> so that we can keep it this way. Yeah. You know, we come to this country for freedom, and then when we express that freedom, people are like, "You should be more grateful." Well, yes, I am. Mm -hmm. And part of being grateful is, you know, understanding that freedom and making sure that people who were born here who haven't seen what we've seen yeah. are aware of it. Because right. it's easy to, like, not see. Yeah. Just like my dad would tell Venezuelans back then, you know, it's easy to not see mm -hmm. that. Yeah, because it's a slow progression. And if you're not aware of the, the symptoms <laughs> of this disease, you know, it creeps up on you. And it is a disease. It is. It is. My grandfather used to say it all the time. He was also a political prisoner. And he used to say, like, the, this disease has no cure. Once it gets you, forget it. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the that's the thing. It's it's a disease. And it, it happens slowly and then very fast. Yeah. Yeah. Once it's... Once it's, it's there, it's claws. Like, yeah. That's Once it. it's there, like it, it just happens so fast. Again, m my childhood in Venezuela was amazing. You know, yes, there was poverty. Yes, Venezuela wasn't perfect, but there was food on every mm -hmm. shelf. You know, it was, it, again, the richest country in Latin America. It, it was just this place that there was so much opportunity right. and possibilities. And then this one person takes office and it's down the drain. You know, so it's incredible to watch in real time. And that's kind of the, the, the point that I try to make to people is I've, I've lived through it. Right. And so while America's still free, are we really? We're complaining about the basketball player, the WNBA player, mm -hmm. uh, Brittany, I forget her last name, yeah. who's, you know, just sentenced to nine years in prison in Russia for cannabis. And people are like, how is that possible? Well, let me tell you that in America, we do the same thing. There are actually over 40,000 Americans in jail right now, some on death row or with life sentences for a plant. So if you're talking about Russia and their laws that took an American to jail for nine years, it's time we look at American laws because you can agree or not agree with a plant, but to put people in jail, mm -hmm. to take away their freedom because they chose to use something. You know what? I don't agree with alcohol, maybe, but I'm not putting you in jail for it. Right. You know, I don't agree with meth. But I don't think people people who are addicted don't need to go to jail. They need help. Mm -hmm. And so we're spending a whole bunch of money. We're creating the problems. The war on drugs fuels Cuba. One of their major industries is the drug trade. Um, a lot of people aren't aware of that. Right. Fidel Castro opened that door and Cuba uh, secures the route of drugs from Latin America into the United States. This is how they make money. They make billions of dollars every single year, making sure that drugs from Latin America come into the United States. They have submarines, they have rapid boats, they have things that we can't even, you know, I, I don't know what the United States is doing, that they're not stopping it, but it, that's how it happens. Yeah. And so that war on drugs, we're, we're, we keep expanding it, but it's not doing anything. The wars, the, the drugs are winning. It's been 50 plus, more than right. 50 years. The drugs are winning and so is, you know, socialism in latin america and all of this is intertwined and when i talk about it people are like we have bigger things to fry you know bigger fish to fry we have other things to worry about it's like like pronouns like pronouns like which books are being read in school you know like i mean they're important issues but how about we worry about bigger issues <laughs> yeah the things that are really affecting people's lives their freedoms yeah it's yeah, that takes takes a lot to understand how these things happen. Yeah. And we're just lucky to have someone like you that's willing to step in there and get dirty because I don't know, man. I would be like, peace. I'm out. There are days. There are days. 
you know, yeah. it happens. There are days where I'm like, I don't know why. Right? Like, is there a point to this? Yeah. I think there is. There is. There, is. there is. And it's worth it. It's worth a try. Right. I'd, I'd hate myself. You have so many people that are counting on you, you mm. know? Yeah. Thank you. Because it does feel. to you. I mean, your own kids starting at home. Yeah. They're all watching and. Yeah, you know, it's different when they're your kids. They're kind of like, oh, mom, mom's at that political thing again, <laughs> you know? It's now, not like. But give them some time and they're going to they're gonna be like, okay, mom was mom. doing something meaningful. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure it's like uh, not on the same level, but I, I feel that way about my mom and my dad, you yeah. know? And it's so funny because I grew up hearing so many people that were political prisoners like your grandfather, you know, and it's like so for me, it was a common story. Right. And then being a libertarian, I've spoken, you know, outside of Miami to people who aren't Cuban. And they're like, oh, mm -hmm. your family was like that happened. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's like common for us. Right. Like in Cuba, everybody's a political prisoner or their family member or mm -hmm. their family, you know, like or, we, we all have a story. We all have a story. We all have a story. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. But Miami's so wonderful. It's taken us all in. Yeah. And we turned Miami That's into the best. That's why we love it best, so much. Yeah. And this is like, if not the best, one of the best cities mm -hmm. in the United States. And it's the capital of Latin America. Yeah. Let's face it. Let's, <laughs> it, it is what it is. So let's dive into OnlyFans. Since we it. briefly discussed it. Everyone has been talking about it. And rightfully so, because it is genius. And when I first saw it, I was like, this is, someone hacked her. This is not real. <laughs> That's what I told Yvette. I was like, this isn't real. She goes, it is. Go see. Yeah. And then I was like, this is amazing. How had no one thought of this before? It's the perception of it. So OnlyFans, I don't even think it was started as a adult content right. it was just you know there's there's others i think there's like patreon and yeah. there's, there's other yeah. places other where platforms that are very right, much that you can like do it. the same thing yeah. so it's not the only one it's not the only place it's it's just the one that has that ooh factor to somehow it. i got that edge right. right it has that especially a woman putting it on OnlyFans. Um, and so at the very beginning, you know, the first people to subscribe, I'm like, I hope you're not disappointed. <laughs> you know, like, oops. Um, but it's been really positive. You know, I think most people get what I'm trying to do. Um, I'm fully closed. That was one of the things that we discussed from the very beginning. Like this was not going to be, you know, cause right. there are some videos out there of me in my bathing suit. I don't know if people know that, but there are a few videos out there of me walking around in a bathing suit that says Latina AF. Mm -hmm. Um, specifically talking about the Latinx issue. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> um, and we wanted to stay away from that. I, I think that the point of this OnlyFans was to make sure that I come across um, the real me, you know, and I'm, I'm making fun of a situation. And that is this crazy idea that a Republican, a Republican candidate, and you have to understand how many people here in Miami are like, I will only vote Republican. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. But let's look at who he is as a Republican. Right. He uh, voted against abortion, right? He, he voted with the abortion ban at 15 weeks, but he takes donations that other Republicans have given to him and turns it around and gives it to Democrats. And not just any Democrats. He's given money to at least two, Danielle Cohen-Higgins and Mickey Steinberg, who ha are endorsed by Ruth's List, which is a group uh, pro-abortion pretty much until the baby's born. Mm. Which is, in my view, I mean, I and, and I respect what people think on abortion. I've never had one. I don't, for me personally, I, do, I don't believe the government necessarily should be involved mm. in this. But for me personally, I am not, you know, right. I would never have an abortion. It's just not, I have four kids. To me, you know, the moment you're pregnant, it's you're pregnant. And so um, regardless of how people feel about abortion, I feel like at some point we have to recognize if the baby can live on its own, then it's just murder, right? Mm -hmm. In my view, like there's no excuse. I get it. It's your body. If you don't want to be pregnant anymore, give birth, give birth, let the hospital take care of, of the baby and adopt it out. There's mm -hmm. no reason to murder. So going, you know, seeing who he donated money to, and um, both of these ladies are now on the commission. Mickey Steinberg won her race because she was uncontested. And Danielle Cohen-Higgins is the appointee when the mayor uh, was, was elected. She left an empty seat and Danielle Cohen-Higgins uh, was the one appointed to fill it. So we have two people on the, on the commission already 
um, that's who he decided to give money to. He also gave money to Aristide Wallace, who's also another Democrat. But, you know, you're taking money that Republicans or people that believe in your platform or whatever the case may be, and you're giving it to people who are completely the opposite. But why? Why is he? Um, You know, this is how politics is played. I wish dirty I knew politics. Dirty politics. I wish I knew the reason. Like, what's the point to buy favor with people that you're going to serve right? on the on the council with? Okay, I guess so. By all means, you know. What is the point? I don't know. I wish I knew, but I find it disrespectful. And so people will tell me, "Well, you went to the Republican Day dinner, so obviously, you know, you've done the same thing." It's like, well, number one, I didn't give them money, and number two, if I would have, I would have given them my personal money, mm-hmm. and it's very different. If Anthony Rodriguez wants to give. $100,000 of his personal money to Democrats, he's with well within his rights. My problem is when somebody donates to your campaign, you have a fiduciary duty to make sure that that money is spent wisely right. and that it is spent in the way that those people that gave it to you intended. I don't think Republicans are giving to him so that he can dem- uh, give mm-hmm. to Democrats. It's, it's a dirty game. And that's one of the many aspects I've uncovered. Uh, just this week, he spent uh, just under $70,000 in one week. And $17,000 of that went to um, some campaign work, but it says an absentee ballots. You know, this is Miami. I'm not saying that it's boleteras necessarily, but what is absentee ballots? What is he paying $17,000 for absentee ballots for? You know, if you have a lot of money, you can afford to not show up to things. You can afford to, you know, just print a whole bunch of papers, which is what he's done, mail it to everybody. Every single week, everyone gets a little papelito, you know, at their door. That's like, I am Anthony Rodriguez. And, you know, and he says some pleasantry, you know, he says some like, I'm going to fix traffic. Okay, how? Mm -hmm. He won't show up to debates. He won't do the things that, you know, how do you show up to a job? Like, how do we hire you for a job if you don't go to the job interview? Right. Well, he's got that much money. We've seen that behavior all the time. It's Miami. Right. Here and at the national scale Mm -hmm. with campaigns not really being followed through, not. And I remember, and as I'm sure you do, too, politicians being so present, right? Like you would be able to see them out on the street, shaking the viejitos hands, kissing babies and babies and waving and being like, ask me anything. I want to talk to you. That's the way it should be. Right. And 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 also, if you have a baby. If anybody has a baby, it's been 13 years since I've had a baby. So I want to kiss babies. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had a whole lot of those. It's COVID times, people. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> I want babies. <laughs> Bring all the babies. Bring all the babies. Like I the will. baby smell. <laughs> I know. Oh the new God. baby smell. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking forward to that part of the campaign. People were like, you shake hands and you uh, and you kiss babies. I'm like, yes. Sign me up. Sign me up. <laughs> I'm good at that. <laughs> right? Oh, man. But But that's what you should be doing. You should be answering people's questions. You know, you can't just say, I'm going to fix traffic and not say, how will you fix traffic? Mm -hmm. Like, where is that idea? And not look forward to being challenged in these you right. know, in these topics, because right. I, I would think that's one of the most exciting things, right? To, I love debating. <laughs> yes, because that way you can really show your your thought process, your ideas, what you stand for, and people can really connect with you. Right. And, you know? and you know, he, he's hiding from. So, I mean, I have it as a, almost a joke now where, you know, where's Waldo? Because he's nowhere to be found. But then, you know, it's it's the constant like signs everywhere, you know, the right. things that he doesn't actually have to do. So his team is hard at work. Like I said, he spent seventy thousand dollars in one week. That's almost my entire campaign uh, budget in one week. Why is he spending that money? Because he's not doing the the work. Somebody else is. And again, this seat pays six thousand dollars a year plus a car. It, don't get me wrong. There's. Plenty of benefits. It's almost disgusting the amount of benefits that that commissioners get, but their pay is six thousand. Right. So why do you have to raise a million and a half for a six thousand dollar a year job? Good question. And who's paying for it? Good. You can look up on the campaign finance website who's paying for it. Um, special transportation services, uh, the South Florida limousines. You know the companies that have the no bid contracts are giving the most amount of money to candidates, not to me. I, and it's not because I can't get it. The owner of those companies was literally my neighbor for years. Our kids went to the same school together. I know him, his wife, his family. I could have gotten that money. I don't want that money because then I I, I belong to them. You right. know, when they come back and they're like, hey, here's our no bid contract. 
I don't have, you know, the, the wherewithal then to say, sorry, I want bids. Mm-hmm. I want to know that because, you know, so many people complain that they don't get the quality of service that that they're expecting from mm-hmm. our transportation. People with disabilities can't get on their services. And and then we just gave the, we just awarded them in the last month another no bid contract for I think it was nine million dollars to do one route. And maybe they're the best company for it. But why can't we see who else is out there? Who else could do mm-hmm. that job better? You know, and, and that's why I have such a problem with these donations because right. they you know it, it's like anything you know we're women if a man gives you mm-hmm. uh you know a check for yep. whatever let's say 500 bucks he's gonna expect something for it it's not free nothing in life is free nothing same thing with politics free. yeah nobody's gonna give you a check for you know a hundred thousand dollars for nothing let's be honest yeah they expect something Sorry. no 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 worries Sorry. is that a call do you have to take no it? no okay yeah, it's um, my gosh, how all of this works. It's, it's disgusting when you get into the belly of the beast. Yeah, it's disgusting. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so frustrating too, and I don't want to be like Debbie Downer, but that's that's exactly that's, why I'm running. Like yeah. that is the reason because how do we change that? And like you said, people get frustrated and they're like, well, you know, it's so terrible. There's nothing I can do. So I'm just right, going to let it go. Helpless, right. You know? And I'm here to say, well, we can try. We can start. I don't want to overpromise because I think that's something that politicians do mm-hmm. a lot. So I, I need people to understand that there's 13 commissioners in Miami-Dade County. I would be one of 13. So I have to convince six other people to see things my way for it to vote that way. Will I be able to do it? I mean, I think I can. I hope I can. But what I'm offering people is more than that. I'm offering them the ability to follow along what's going on. I am very vocal. I am on social media. My intention is to tell people directly in short clips, this is what's happening. And this is what I need you to do. Like, or if you if you believe in this issue, come join me on this day so that you can voice your opinion and tell the people sitting here. No, that's not okay with us. And we vote for you. So there's a lot of that, like social media. I mean, it's such a powerful tool, right? Meetings last over five hours. We don't have time to watch them to know what's going on. So I want to make sure that people understand that I will continue doing what I've been doing, which is putting out content so you know exactly what's happening. You know when you need to show up for the important things Mm -hmm. so that those 12 other people are then like held accountable. Yeah. Because the problem is we take our eye off the ball. Right. And I I love that you do that because you make things so digestible and approachable. You know what I mean? Like when you say, hey, this is happening today. This is why you want to pay attention. This is why you want to be here. Otherwise, that happened with the Westchester issue. And for those that don't know, uh, they tried to force incorporate an area. Westchester is is in a neighborhood in Miami. It has um, it's single family homes. It has a like it's it's your typical Miami house. It's like the Miami that everyone imagines, right? It's it's um, single family homes and, and a great neighborhood and it's really safe and it's wonderful. So of course they want to incorporate this because you know then you can have your own layer of government there. You right. have your own police station, your own fire station, but the people themselves didn't want to incorporate it. Um, Las Malas Lenguas say that Commissioner Soto, since he's termed out, would like to be the mayor. I don't know that that's true. Um, You know, I've heard it. It's a rumor, but whatever. We won't assume that. So they wanted to incorporate it. They didn't have the support and they forced it through. And it went viral because Commissioner Soto was caught at one of his meetings saying, calladita te ves más bonita. And then to somebody else, he said, I don't give a what you think. Blew up in Westchester. We went as as a community, we did some meetings, we went several times to the commissioners and we got it overturned. Like they ended up seeing how angry people were and they got it overturned. That's proof positive that what I'm saying works. Works. Exactly. It's proof positive. Like if we show up and we're like, no. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We caught them in doing something that they shouldn't be doing. There is a rule. They had to collect 20% of the voters' signatures in order to do this. But since they're commissioners and they're like, nobody pays attention, they wrote a special rule to bypass the rule so they didn't have to. (laughs) I know, right? Interesting. So Miami. It's so Miami. It's like, oh, there's a rule, but oh, that takes work. That one doesn't matter. Right. They would have had to collect like 50,000 signatures or something like 40,000 signatures, which takes a lot of money, a lot of time, and a lot of effort. And they're like, nobody's going to know. And they write this new rule. And that's, you know... We ended up getting it overturned. And that's 
that's the power of the people. Mm -hmm. And that's my mission. I love that. That's so important. <laughs> that's what keeps you going, I'm sure. Yes. When you're encountering all the craziness. I can see the vision. I can see yeah. how we can actually make a change. Right. You know, like, it's not a pipe dream. Mm -hmm. Like, if we... And I don't need everybody to show up and I don't need everybody to show up every day. You know, if this issue is important to you, if transportation is your issue, show up on transportation days. Nice. If it's the corruption, well, you show up every day. Um, <laughs> if it's lowering taxes, show up on days where where they'll be discussing, you know, things that take money. Mm -hmm. And side note, that's that's that was the day that I decided to run was an issue that they had. I went before the commissioners because they had a lot that they had taken from somebody in Wynwood, mm -hmm. um, just over an acre. And not these commissioners. Way back when, in 1979, they had taken a piece of land. They eminent domained a piece of land in Wynwood. Back then, obviously, it wasn't Wynwood. And they turned it into a parking lot for a government building. Fast forward 40 years, and they decided that this land was surplus. So instead of giving it back to the family that that they took it from, they gifted it to a developer for $10. That developer doesn't have to pay any property taxes for the 20 years that they have to maintain it as low-income housing. They don't have to, um, they get HUD fi uh, financing from the federal government. They build low-income housing. I looked at their paperwork. This is 2019. So you have to keep in mind, now people are like, that's so cheap for rent. But they were charging about $1,300 for a one-bedroom. I found one bedroom nearby for $800 a month. So it's not actually low income. It's just less than, you know, and, um, they, that same property a block and a half away was selling for $26 million. And they had the, the audacity to say that this was helping the community. Well, you know what? 90 families were going to get a thousand three hundred or whatever rent. Whereas if you would have sold that land for $26 million, that it was its going rate, uh, you could have given 90 families almost $300,000 a pop right. to buy their own place. Right. Not that I'm suggesting we do that, but don't lie to me. Like this is like them, they they do this time and time again. They, you know, there's this saying that my divorce attorney would say uh, every almost every time. And she's like, don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. And I think I about that. this every time <laughs> I go to the commission meeting, because that's what they do. They pee on your leg and they're like, Mira, it's raining. No, it's not raining. Okay. There's no world where giving somebody slightly less rent is better than selling that property and letting the citizens, right. you know, keep their money or helping them in a more substantial way. And this is the type of things we do. And that's one. And I went, I spoke before them in the, my two minutes and I'm sure the video's out there. I can get it. Um, but it's, it, it's me like, Hi, I'm Martha Wynna. This is my address. And, and you know, because they give you two minutes. Yeah. So I'm trying and to like get this you said old. before, they're not they're not listening to I you. I don't care. It yeah. passed. I think two people didn't vote in favor of it, but everybody else voted in favor of it, despite telling them that it was worth $26 million and that's $300,000 per the, you know, 200 and something thousand for the math nerds. Like, don't quote me on it, but it's around there. Um, and what the heck? How is it possible that you're telling me that this is the best use of our money? It's not. And I was so angry. I was like, I'm running. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's such a crazy story. And that was the moment that it clicked for you. I realized that in the audience, you're never going to get anything accomplished unless there's somebody up there that's right in on it, right? That's right. going to be like, I need your support. Yeah. Because I was alone. Mm -hmm. Nobody else was there behind me speaking about this issue because... I didn't have the voice to get it out to people. Yeah. There's the power in numbers. That's undeniable. And going back to the OnlyFans, that yeah. is giving me a voice. It's letting me come to talk to people and be right. like, this is the problems. Yeah. Let's solve it. You know, I don't want to be a politician that I, te mando un papelito mm -hmm. every other day. You know, I send you a little piece, a postcard, and I tell you that I'm going to be wonderful, but yeah. I can't even show up. That's and hand me. turkeys and, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You hand out a thousand turkeys. I'm helping. <laughs> I mean, you should hand out turkeys if you can. Right. I'm not saying not to do it. But that shouldn't be the only thing right. that you do. <laughs> it shouldn't you be know? like the... Because that's it. We're, we're over here judging you because there's so much more that you could be doing than just handing out turkeys. Um, let's talk about that. You mentioned your, your swimsuit. The Latina AF. AF. 
And the... That's such an embarrassing story, too. <laughs> no, it's a great story. It's so it's so cool. I can't wait for people to hear it. Um, the the swim... Oh, my gosh. I forget the name of that magazine. The sw- uh the issue? Oh, the Sports Illustrated. Thank you. Oh my God, that one because that video, that picture. I thought you were talking about the the video. There's like a video. Well, be, yeah. Besides okay. The so, video. anyways, I took a picture uh, in a hotel room after I got out of the jacuzzi with that bathing suit, and I posted it to social media, and that was that. And then I reposted it again side by side with Yummy New, who is the on the cover Sports Illustrated. She's 25 and, um, you know, I think she's beautiful. I do. Mm -hmm. But I also think that, um, you know, especially after COVID times, what are we telling young kids? You know, I I think she's she's gorgeous and I'm glad she's there. But our, you know, our young kids, I have an 18 year old daughter. Our young kids have a lot of body issues. And um, the other side of the coin of like the super skinny, like I haven't eaten in weeks model was also an issue. Like, Where is that more normal, you know, not completely? Who else did they have? They had Kim Kardashian, you know, like where are the normal bodies? But my point with her wasn't to call her out. It was just like, listen, I've had two heart surgeries. I've had four kids. Like, yeah, I mean, I didn't mean it. Like, I know people took it like I was making fun of her some somehow. But also understand she's yummy new. Her grandfather's Rocky Aoki, the owner of Benihana. Her uncle is Steve Aoki, the world famous DJ. She's not pobrecita and mm-hmm. this is her only opportunity. She is a multimillionaire, if not billionaire. She has access to the best right. chefs and the best, you know, physical trainers and et cetera, et cetera. So while I think it's great that she had that opportunity and I, you know, I absolutely think she's, again, I think she's beautiful. I would like to see something else. I would like to see mm-hmm. somebody my daughter can look up to and be like, that is normal. That is that is good. Um, you know, and I don't I don't see a whole lot of that. So I think that was more the commentary. Yeah. And it was taken like you're a horrible human being. How dare you call out this beautiful young woman? And I mean, she's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. If you think I'm calling out somebody who's on the cover of mm-hmm. Sports Illustrated, I don't I mean, I didn't mean it that way. Sure. You can yeah. take it however you want. But. I wasn't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I didn't. When I saw your post, I didn't take it like that. I didn't. Thank you. Um, (laughs) One of the few, you know, it's it's amazing. And and, and so the point too, there, people were like acting like I I was calling her out and then would say horrible things to me. So the bathing Mm -hmm. suit, if you if you really zoom in, it's wet. Mm -hmm. So you see like half of it is dry and half of it is wet. And people told me that they can see let's leave it at that they can see things like that i don't have they called me a man it was like oh well no way oh yeah wow wow yeah it was like oh so it's not okay for me to put my picture there but it's okay for you to insult first of all i thought your picture looked beautiful thank you (laughs) oh my gosh yeah i was like i where's this bathing suit from i need to get one and the bathing suit is from martha of miami who's in my district she's on uh bird road and she has all the cuban stuff that's like i'm obsessed with her stuff so she she hasn't paid me this isn't an endorsement this isn't it you know it's just i think that we have to help our own within our own community so i'm glad to like if anything was going to go, you know, viral. Yeah. I'm glad it was hers. Exactly. The bathing suit was super cute. I was like, that was my first reaction. Like, where is this from? And I need one. Martha of Miami. <laughs> and the second was like, you know, you you brought up certain thoughts that I had been, you know, thinking about for a while. We went from, like you said, the super stick thin girls uncovers to now this complete opposite of right. people that don't look healthy. Right. Oh, I, I mean, she, she. I'm sure she is healthy. And maybe they are. Right? I'm sure she's healthy, and and you know, but we just had an epidemic that the people that were most affected mm-hmm. were people who were overweight. The people who died mm-hmm. had uh, complications because of diabetes or whatever. Like, what are we doing as a society? We didn't right. tell people go out and get healthy during COVID. No, we told them to lock up at home, no vitamin D, but, you know, it was terrible. And you know what I think it's interesting? And not to turn this into a men or women issue, but if you look at all these covers, right, it's only the women's covers where we're seeing, like, this is the new beautiful, this is what oh, yeah. bo- loving your body looks like. Yeah. 
All the men are ripped. <laughs> are super ripped. They're ready to go. Yeah. They, you know, they've, they've been you know, taking they got care the, of themselves. Yeah, they, they, they look great. So. Whether they are or not, we don't know. But they look it, right? Right. But yet, for us ladies, we're getting this other message. I mean, you, you know? could have had J-Lo on that cover. You know what? You've got You've got a woman who's... Latina, who's in her 50s, who may or may not have her, her, you know, may or may not have gotten work done, but she looks fantastic. You can tell she takes care of herself. Shakira. You know, there's Another so many one. people that could have right. gone on this cover that represents real life bodies. I mean, we've been watching, I've been watching Shakira since I was like 17 or 18. Yeah. I'm in my 40s. I mean, she's what been around. What was it? The Yes. Pie de Calzo was the album. album and yeah. it was like the greatest album back then. I was obsessed with Shakira. And I mean, she's a she's real. Mm -hmm. Put her on the cover. You know, like, I, I, and again, I, I don't mean to, like, I'm not trying to disparage Yummy. I just, I. No, she, I really, she's a beautiful girl. She is. She's just, you know, not what I would like for the younger generation to see, to look right. at. And, and I'm it's sure that there's many of that generation. We, we I just don't know that. We can see that push of like, you right. can only love yourself if you look this way. Right. And it should be about loving yourself no matter what. Thank but you. But striving towards, you know, a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Because it's not even about how many hours you go to the gym or like, you know, mm -hmm. the, the plastic look, which is so in right now. And, you know, uh, the fillers and the this. Like, why can't we have like real? Right. Well, didn't Dr. Jordan Peterson get in trouble for mentioning yes. something? He said she wasn't pretty or something along those lines. And they canceled him. Right. Right. They canceled Dr. Jordan Peterson. Oh, God, what's going to happen to us? <laughs> I know, right? That's why I can't, like, really talk about it, because I don't need to be canceled right now. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. But, yeah, thank you for your insight on that, because that, it's such an interesting, um, you know, as a woman, as a mom, how do we... Going back to that kid navigate thing, you know, that stuff, you know, I, at least for me, I grew up without social media. So it's yeah. so different for me experiencing my children's you know, childhood mm -hmm. with all that social media. Because even if right. they're not on it, and I didn't let my daughter get on it until she was older, but even without they're it. They're exposed to it. They're exposed to it. I mean, yeah. girls at school, you know, they see it everywhere they go. It's just, it's it's a tough, it's tough growing up now. I don't envy kids growing up now. And I don't envy the parents dealing with it either. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, how do you, how did you deal with that? Oh, uh, thank God my kids are older though. You know, yeah. like when I was just talking about that today uh, with somebody else that, you know, like I would go somewhere and I had to carry a DVD player with headphones <laughs> and like a stack of DVDs. Like it right. was another time. Right. Like you could control what your kids watched right. more than you can now. I mean, I, I got my first iPhone when I gave birth to my 15 year old. So iPhones have only been around for 15 years. If you have kids older than 15, it was way easier then. Right. It was different. It was different. We had the Nokias with the snake game. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I love the snake game. What? Oh my God. <laughs> Can they bring that back? No. No, it's terrible. <laughs> I like the little games now. Right. Yeah. Those are much more, much more interactive. Um, I want to talk about some of the issues that are important to you, like the Second Amendment. I love the Second Amendment. You know, it's... Um, Something that I think is intimate to both of us because of Cuba. Mm -hmm. The first thing that a tyrannical government would want to do is to take away your right to defend yourself. Yeah. And we see it all over the world. Um, it, it, everywhere. Every time that there's a authoritarian government, um, you find people that are unarmed. In Cuba, that was the situation. They unarmed the population and then the communist regime took over. Um, in Venezuela, I experienced it when I was growing up. We were we all had guns. Um, not me, I was a child, but my dad had a gun. He, there was right. guns all over the farm. Um, it was just part of growing up. And then they wanted to take the guns away. And then we got in, you know, um, this socialist hellhole that they're living in now. Um, and I see it in the United States. Why does it matter which gun? Like, it's not a gun issue. It's something else. Mm -hmm. And we're not addressing that something else. We've had guns in this country since the founding. We haven't had mass shootings. And they keep going up. Every 10 years, it doubles. Yeah. Where are we going to stop? Like, when are we going to actually look at the issue? Mm -hmm. And telling somebody like me, you can't have a gun well, then why do you hate me? Why do you want me to not be able to defend myself? I am all of five feet. I weigh 105 pounds. Like my 13 year olds can take me on. 
If I don't have a gun, that means I am completely defenseless. And, and I don't find that okay. And I don't find it okay that somebody else thinks that they can tell me how I can defend myself and my family. It's right. my right to defend myself. My life is my life. And I understand the issues. And I understand um, people, you know, being scared. And there's a lot of mental health issues. I mean, it's a very complicated scenario or, or a situation. So how do you deal with both sides? I don't think you deal with it by taking law-abiding citizens' rights away. Because at the end of the day, criminals are criminals. And they're going to be criminals. They don't care about it. The law is not going to stop them from like having the drug access laws. to a gun. Right. The drugs are winning because people who want to do drugs will find a way to do drugs. You know, those of us that don't do drugs, we're okay with the drug laws because they don't affect us. Mm -hmm. Like, I, right. even if meth was legal, I wouldn't be out doing meth. Like, there's no scenario where I'm like, hmm, they're legalizing meth tomorrow. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no scenario where I'm going to go, you know, and I'm picking on meth, heroin, you know, take your pick. Right. I'm not going to go do those things, even if they were legal. So I'm not going to go shoot up a school, even if it, you know, even if guns are legal or not. Like, we need to focus on the criminal aspect mm -hmm. because the criminals are the ones that are doing these things and people, unfortunately, with mental health issues. Right. And we're not focused on mental health. We're focused on locking people up. We've taken parents from their children with these drug laws. Um, we have a horrible criminal uh, justice system, unfortunately, that takes people that are otherwise law-abiding, that choose to use a particular drug. And instead of offering them help, we're like, you know what? Drugs can ruin your life. So let's ruin your life go, first. Yeah. Go go sit in jail for a couple of years. For a couple of years. Or more. Yeah. You know, yeah. let me take away all your money, all your resources, because that's the other side of it. If you're convicted of a drug crime, uh, because it's a RICO law, um, they can take everything from you, like everything, all of your savings. Yeah. They can destroy your life. And I don't get the point of drugs can destroy your life. So let the government do it for, dr for drugs instead. Right. It's where are we going with this? Yeah, it just it feels like there's no solution viable right. in that way that they're presenting it right yeah it's just more militarization of the mm -hmm. police we're putting police in danger yeah it's worse for police to like in these no-knock raids it puts police in danger they get killed they get right. shot at they don't know what they're going into i mean there are better ways but we're not talking about those better ways instead we're like no this is what we're gonna do because i don't like drugs yeah you know and i just why do you think there's such emphasis in getting rid of the second amendment basically what we were talking about earlier, you know, that's the first step. Yeah. You can't bring socialism into this country. Headed. Yeah. You cannot bring socialism into the United States because there are more guns in America than there are Americans. Mm -hmm. There are more bullets than there are Americans. Like, and, and people are like, well, you know, the, uh, the guns, we're not going to do anything. Like the United States has more military power. Yeah. But why are we telling then Ukraine, here are our guns. Mm-hmm. When Russia has the same power that the United States is, Russia has more nuclear weapons than the United States. So we can't be talking out of both sides of our mouths. Did uh, did people having weapons in Vietnam stop the United States? Yes, it did. Is it stopping Russia in, in Ukraine? Yes, it is. Having guns, the United States isn't going to come and, and, and invade, right. you know, citizens' homes knowing that we have guns. So that's, that's I think, where this is going. I, I hope I'm wrong. It's a scary thought. I want to be wrong. Yeah. But I also lived it. Right. You lived it. I mean, if if we go by patterns and experiences. Yeah. We can <laughs> we can go with wishful thinking, but the facts are there. Yeah. This is how it starts. Yeah. Would it's you certain. say socialism and communism are one in the same? Yes and no. Like socialism is different than communism. But you don't just you don't just go headfirst into communism. It's mm -hmm. it, it's like a, a a line, right? And you can go like extreme right is fascism, and yeah. extreme left is communism. So it's a line, and what really changes on that is the degree of authoritarianism. So you can be both right and left in the same society as long as nobody's forcing those ideas on you. Mm -hmm. For example, communes are an example of a free society that believes in, you know, socialism. And then on the other side, you can have complete and utter, you know, capitalism without government intrusion. There's nowhere in the world necessarily that has complete capitalism. But, <laughs> you know, people think America does, but it doesn't. 
When uh, when can people go out to vote? Early voting is? Early voting begins August 8th, I believe. And then, um, so you can go vote. In my district would be the West Kendall Library. The They now call it the Westchester Library. And then um, the actual election date is August 23rd. Okay. Well, I wish I could vote, but I'm not in that district. So I urge everyone who is to go vote. And if you're not in the district like me, make sure you get the word out. Please, yeah. please, because again, we all in- have a cousin, a friend or somebody that lives in that area. Yeah, it's Westchester, Fontainebleau or yeah. West Kendall. So, yeah, everyone knows somebody in these areas. Exactly. Thank <laughs> you so much Thank for you. for doing what you're doing and being so vocal and just so transparent. I It's such a, a refreshing way to look at politics. It really is. <laughs> Thank you. You often wonder, like, hmm, am I being told the truth? Like, what's the, the motive? And you're not but being you're told just the truth. Lay yeah. it all out there. And that's. I do what I can. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for thank being you. here. Appreciate I hope, this. I hope to see you doing those great things. I hope to that get the opportunity to, to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And to everybody listening or watching, thank you so much for being with us today. Make sure you follow Martha. You keep in touch and you keep and go the vote. conversation going and go vote. And because, go vote because yeah. nobody can win with that. Well, we won't get into that. You can win without people going to Next vote. Next episode. I do, yeah, but I won't be doing that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.